Well, welcome back once again to Rhythms of Grace. My yeah, name's Nate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here with Sung, the uh, the lead pastor of Grace Church, and uh, we've been talking about rhythms. Uh, more specifically, we've gotten into like maybe larger rhythms that are uh, are tied to seasons. Last episode, we talked about winter, and we're just going to keep going in order. So uh, this this week, we're going to talk about the season of spring spring which lasts like two weeks in that's michigan right, that's right what is spring i don't know anymore <laughs> when does it come exactly <laughs> sometimes may yeah yeah you know and so i think again kind of going back to winter and transitioning into spring we said like winter is that place where like your theology says one thing like oh god is loving and faithful but your experience says a whole different story right He's distant and maybe even absent. In winter, everything looks dead, feels dead. Sometimes we wish we <laughs> were dead. Mm-hmm. Um, but the hope is that God is actually uh, uh, developing deeper roots during that. Spring, it's a, it's a totally different season. Like it's this transformation from this frozen tundra to like this budding garden where new life uh, happens and, and growth happens. And so, uh, man, spring, uh, a lot of imagery and metaphors that come in terms of farming and planting and gardening. That's your area of uh, specialty, not mine. So let me ask you, like, yeah, about, like, spring on the farm. Yeah. One of the things that we always look to to let us know that spring is around, Michigan actually has a ton of migratory birds. Everybody knows the robin, you know, um, but there's a bunch of others. Vultures actually migrate. Uh, red-winged blackbirds migrate. Uh, sandhill cranes migrate. Geese migrate. And on the farm, we actually get to witness all of them coming. Uh, and so one of the signs of spring for us is when those birds start to come back. And there have been, I think it was like three or four of them all on the same day. It was like there were no birds, and then in one day suddenly it was like, oh, my gosh, there's robins and blackbirds and vultures, and kind of everything came through at the same time. Uh, And it's, you know, um, I just totally lost my train of thought. I don't remember what I was going to say about birds. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I I think the the thing you were saying is sometimes spring, like, like you said, can come suddenly. Yeah. Other times, you know, like I've always, it's always interesting watching those time-lapse videos of like flowers blooming, right? What takes like not only days and weeks and months, like in in time-lapse, it's just like boom. And and the thing I love about spring is it's it's that transition from where that frozen, frozen water becomes like this trickle of water and then eventually becomes this rushing waterfall and, and uh, where, where hope had once died is now like renewed and, and like you like the snow begins to melt and um and, and so spring is just characterized by a lot of joy and celebration creation is awakening there's renewal and, and so it, it's you know uh spring fever you know love is in the air i mean there's a lot of exciting things that happen in the spring i think it's helpful to remember and this will I'll talk about physical spring is that and especially here in Michigan is that sometimes it can feel like three steps forward and two steps back. You know, there are these super farmy phrases like the the vultures get snowed on three times. Right. Like you can just imagine. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. <laughs> you can imagine an old farmer say, yes, vultures get snowed. On. What it means is that when you see the vultures come back, 
usually it means that there's going to be like three more snowfalls. So they mean that spring is in the air. Nobody ever thought of vulture as like a harbinger of spring, but <laughs> but they are on the farm. Uh, but that it often means that you will still get like three snowfalls. And so it, it can feel like an extended process. Even if you know spring is coming, it can still take some time. Yeah. I mean, it's like springtime in Michigan where it's like dreary, snowy, rainy. And then that one day the sun peeks its head out and you're like, spring is here. Everybody puts on shorts. (laughs) And then, you know, the very next day there's going to be like a hailstorm. Right. Right. And so, yeah. So spring can feel like that both physically and spiritually and emotionally. Like it can feel like, Oh, it's a time of celebration and three steps forward. But uh, there are times when you, do take two steps back. Mm-hmm. And for, for I think of spring as really a, a time of patience on that front because you do need the, – the hope can sometimes make us feel like, well, I just want to – like it's time to dive in. Like winter's over. Like I got some – I'm going full bore. But spring can take some patience. Yeah. Yeah, it can. So uh, uh, like when I think of spring, the one word that comes to mind is is renewal, right? Things are – coming alive again, and, and like you said, sometimes you could rush into that. Um, it just It's a different season. Wh- when I think of um, spring, or, or c- at least compared to winter, winter, again, feels like you're almost in exile, like you're just kind of cast out, and, and you know, like uh, spring almost feels like there's a whole different sense of feeling like there, it's almost like a homecoming, and, and you're finding yourself and your rhythm again. Um, you know, I, I, I guess, can you, Nate, um, think of a time when like an event or a circumstance surrounding, uh, uh, a time when, uh, spring was triggered or you, uh, went from winter into spring? Yeah. I'll talk about the physical spring because Amy and I will often on like that first warm day of spring, We'll be outside and we'll look at each other and we'll say, that's right. That's why we, that's why we do this. (laughs) Winter can be so brutal and so painful and so uncomfortable. Spring, the actual spring makes us remember that's right. Like that's why we're engaged in this work. And that's, and, and I think mentally that could be the same thing. If a relationship is hard or if you've, you know, if, if my wife and I have been in a season of conflict, there will be these moments where the relationship begins to get restored and, and you'll look at the person and say, that's right. Like that, like, that's why, that's why I love you. That's why I'm married to you. Um, I did have a a really kind of profound spring. uh, I guess it's about a decade ago, maybe almost 15 years ago now, um, where I left the career that I had been in uh, as a stockbroker. And it was, it was not a good fit for me, although there were parts of the job that I was really, really good at. Um, And uh, after I left and I was working at a church we had some friends over for um, for dinner, and at the table, my son, who was 10 years old at the time, said, you know, my, my dad is happy for the first time in 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I, on one hand, I was thrilled that, like, there was a transformation, there was a spring happening. It was also kind of heartbreaking to know that my son's primary ex- experience of me was as, a, like, an inherently unhappy mm-hmm. person. That hurt, and it still hurts when I think about those wasted years, but that did represent the beginning of spring for me, where I, I really moved out of a career that was not life-giving and driven by fear and greed into one um, that has 
brought me a, a ton of meaning and satisfaction. Yeah, in one sense, you can't get to spring unless you go through winter. It's true. Right? Like, redemption doesn't happen until you not only acknowledge but embrace the brokenness yeah. in your life. I mean, for better or for worse, none of us really have to produce brokenness. We don't, <laughs> we don't have to produce winter. You know, it's coming whether you whether you like it or not. But it's true. It's true that that one it requires the other. Yeah. Well, well, Nate. I mean, um, uh, y- uh, I'll be praying for you because my wife and I never have conflict. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow, you guys are so lucky. Uh, that's because we're. Pa- I'm a pastor. <laughs> that's right. Oh wait, you are too. Uh, I'm a different kind of pastor. <laughs> No, you know, and again, I've talked about this too, but uh, there was a period in ministry where I was um, not only on the cusp of burnout, but like um, burnt out Mm -hmm. to the point where I was just like, I just don't want to do this anymore. And again, one of the things that I think literally saved my soul um, in in so many different ways was to take a step back. and and um, and then it, it you know when when we re-entered ministry, uh, it, it did feel like a homecoming. In fact, we traveled a lot. We were away, and, and again, I, I'm just I, I I love moving around, being busy. I, I don't like staying around at home a lot. Um, and I I could come get to the place where if I'm home too much, like during COVID, I get really bored. <laughs> And uh, so this season has been pretty hard. But a- after that time away, after that sabbatical, coming home, it was almost like I had this newer, deeper, fresh appreciation for home. Mm. And it's it, for me, it was almost like this sense of, like, I need to leave home in order to fall in love with home again. Yeah. What were some of the things that you came back to and found that you had a newfound appreciation for? Um, man, there's so many things, but uh, I mean, just even the physical place, yeah. right? I mean, because when we were traveling, we, we traveled so much to different places, met different people. And, and uh, on one hand, I love the thrill of the new experiences, but at the end of the day, you're just kind of like, you know, you long for home. Uh, this also happens even like during COVID, uh, especially we've been eaten in a lot and, and man, like we're j- like, um, a- anytime I have to travel, um, uh, e- eating out, like at first feels really good. It's like, oh, yeah, something really new. Special. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then by day two. Oh, man, <laughs> you feel awful, yeah. right? Yeah, you're just like, I can't wait to go home and just have a good home-cooked meal. Yep. And, and during this season of COVID, man, we have just loved eating together. And we even, we, me and the kids will say to Amy, like, man, we are never going to eat out again because we're just yeah. so spoiled. I feel the same way. Yeah. A- and Amy will say, no, like we have to every once in a while just to give me she a break. A break. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's easy for you to say, we're never going to eat out again. And she's like, please, how about once a week? Yeah. And, and the other thing, too, is just like, you know, where before I was like, uh, when it comes to like preaching, which is a big part of my job, you know, preachers often say uh, th- there are there are weeks where you just you, you just have to preach. Yeah. Because it's Sunday. And then there are weeks where you just have to preach because it's so burning inside of you. At the end, of before my burnout, I was at the point where, like, for weeks on end, I was just like, well, here we go. I got to preach because I have to preach. When I came back, there was a sense of, like, oh, my, I I have to preach. And and so there was just a newfound, deeper love, even for the the ministry and the calling uh, for my family. Uh, You know, even a deeper understanding of 
the brokenness of, and, and that's what led to <laughs> the burnout was my own brokenness um, and my own drivenness. And so there was a deeper understanding of that before I would have said like, man, if, if things would just go right, then I wouldn't be so stressed or, or I wouldn't get angry. The funny thing is when there was no pressures on me and, and we were just away, uh, I would still find myself angry at times and getting upset at the kids. And it got to a point where it's like, oh, no, it, it, it's not the things on the outside that are making me angry. Right. It's right. just it's just inherent yeah. in me. When you were talking about preaching, I thought about another sign of spring, which is that things that sometimes felt difficult before suddenly feel easier. Mm -hmm. You feel like you have the energy or the motivation or just the bandwidth to, to navigate those. And, and for us on the farm, again, chores, evening and morning, they happen every single day. And in the winter, you just know, I mean, you just know it's going to be uncomfortable. We've, we've, our first year on the farm, uh, there were several weeks where like at night it was getting 10, 15 below zero. It's just miserable. It's just miserable. And when spring comes, I suddenly find myself feeling like, oh, it's not as hard to go outside. It's not as hard to get in the car. You know, all everything becomes just a little bit easier. And we were talking about preaching. I thought about that as another sign of spring. Things that felt hard before, there's a glimmer of, of hope or a glimmer of, of energy or, or, or motivation behind them. Yeah, and so that's an encouragement that if, let's say, prayer or scripture reading is hard, like just to keep at it, yeah. right? Because uh, you may be in a season that doesn't mean that God has abandoned you or that God hates you. Yeah. Um, it's just a season that you're in. And if and when it starts to feel easier or starts to feel good, let that bring hope that there's actually mm. more that that God is perhaps bringing you into a season of of spring and then summer. Like there are good things that are going to come. Yeah, yeah. You know, so when I think of spring, um, a, a couple images pop to mind. Uh, one of which is a farming metaphor. So yes. I will leave this up to you. But one of plowing, where you a farmer will plow fallow soil and i know just at least in my head not personal experience that it's a lot of sweaty dirty work and it's a and when you're plowing it's just the promise of some reward in the distant future yeah so how, how does that relate to what we're talking about yeah two things come to mind one we already touched on which is the patience that spring requires and when i think of the winter soil what people don't necessarily realize is that when it when it starts to warm up, it's actually very, very delicate because there's a lot of moisture in it. And sometimes you'll have a frozen layer of soil and then the, the soil on top of that will start to thaw. And if you put a big tractor on that and start cranking, you're going to get stuck. You're yeah. going to create a huge, huge mess and you'll put yourself actually further behind. So I do think that when we talk about plowing and, and creating space for new things in spring, you have to be patient. The other thing that happens in winter, and we have this issue because we have very kind of heavy soil with lots of clay in it, and clay freezes and thaws, freezes and thaws, freezes and thaws. What happens is that rocks that are buried under the surface over that freeze and thaw cycle, they actually move up to the surface. And when you're getting ready to plow, you have to watch out for rocks that weren't in your field last year. And that happens in winter, right? Where where things come to the surface that maybe you didn't know were there or were buried deeply. And in spring, you have to take a look and say, hey, that wasn't there before, or now I see it, whereas before I just kind of felt it. 
and you have to navigate around those or do some, and I think we're going to talk about this, but you have to do some cleanup. You have to do some, some, mm-hmm. you know, organizing. Yeah. So what you're saying, I, I think of like translating that to, let's say a habit or rhythm that can really be the, the habit or rhythm of listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gaining a deeper attentiveness to the spirit of God in your life. Yeah. Um, and, not only just listening, you know, sometimes we want to hear what God says so that he could tell us what he wants for our lives. But I don't know how often we listen in order to actually obey. Yeah. And so in spring where new life is forming in your heart and in your life, this, this may be a time to, on one hand, to be tempered and, and to listen in a different way than winter and listen because there's a deeper attentiveness to things that you may have missed during winter, but also listen not just to uh, so that God will tell you whether to take job A or job B, but to listen so that no matter what he says, like you, 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 you do the sweaty, dirty work of, of you know, um, turning the soil of your heart so that you could, so, so more fruit can be born from that. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. I think, I mean, listeners in, in California or they're not going to be able to understand <laughs> this, but plants for have different requirements before you can put them in the ground. They like different types of soil. They need different soil temperatures. And so you have to be listening to know that, that the, the, ground both in your garden and in your heart is ready to to kind of receive the seed that God has for you. And if you're trying to put the wrong thing in at the wrong time, it doesn't matter how great of an idea it is. It doesn't matter how much seed you have. If you, if the soil is not prepared, it's, it's not going to grow. It just won't grow. And spring is such a critical time to be listening carefully to get that part right. Yeah. So that's plowing. Another another image and metaphor I think of when it comes to spring is something that also I'm not really good at, but I know my wife is and probably your wife is too, which yeah. is planting. Yeah. Um, and so planting seeds. Um, and, and so tell us how that metaphor might jive with kind of this whole rhythm that we're talking about. Yeah, I, I started to touch on it uh, just a moment ago. For me, there's kind of a break between early spring and call it late spring. One is sort of recovering from winter, you know, preparing the soil and, and, and getting things ready. The other is, um, the other is, uh, I'm sorry, recovering from winter. And then the other is like preparing for summer, you know, kind of, there's a, there's a line there. Um, and planting in spring, first of all, it's, it's an amazing thing to, to, to kind of put forth all of this effort and feel like, you don't see anything. You don't see anything for mm-hmm. a long time, right. you know. Um, you plant sort of with the promise of what's to come. It's really, in many ways, an act of faith where uh, it, it will really be weeks before you feel like you see anything at all. But still, you know, you know that you know that you know that good things are coming. Right. And so this is also a season for us uh, or for you um, to, to launch into a new rhythm, a new habit. L- let's say it's an exercise routine or a new diet or a new spiritual practice, and you may not see fruit for a while, but it's, it, so it, it is, you're launching out in faith, uh, but you know that you know that you know that fruit will be born. Yeah. And sometimes I think people get discouraged because you, you think, man, I've been on this diet for three days and I haven't seen anything. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Microwave culture. <laughs> yeah. 
And so maybe this is also a season for you when I think of planting, where you plant seeds in terms of relationships with your neighbors and coworkers and friends, like or maybe acts of service where it's going to start off really small. It could be just a small act of kindness that then, like in the right soil, has a potential to grow really big in its impact. And I think that's that that's what spring is characterized by. It's a lot of planting. It seems like the aspects of success that get the most attention tend to be viral, overnight successes kind right. of things. And really, I think the internal spiritual work of spring doesn't look like that. And I think sometimes if you dig into those stories, you find that there have been... Yep you know, weeks or months or years, years. of labor yep. before this suddenly, whatever you want to call overnight success, blossoms. Right. Um, but to, to begin to honor the season of spring uh, as a time of sowing and of faith and of doing small things, um, it's countercultural. Mm-hmm. You know, it's countercultural. And, and really, it's very possible that, that people around you might not understand what the heck you're doing right. when you're trying to sow deep spiritual practices in. Uh, but eventually, the fruit will be seen. Yeah, yeah. The last thing I think of when it comes to spring, other than March Madness and spring <laughs> spring practice, right. is something, uh, another practice um, or imagery that I'm not really good at or I hate, which is cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> spring cleaning. Oh, man. And so, uh, I mean, I could speak a little bit more to spring cleaning than I can to plowing, but... Uh, again, spring is a time where even like your own life, emotionally, physically, spiritually, you're just reordering and reprioritizing. And so uh, speak into that uh, when it comes to the farm and rhythms. Yeah, I, I think in both in our sort of internal lives, as well as on the farm, things accumulate in winter. You don't have the, at least my experience has been that I don't have the energy to deal with everything, kind of just trying to you know, make my life work. Um, and so we get a dumpster, like a gigantic 40 yard dumpster every single spring. We've been doing it since we moved onto the farm seven years ago. So imagine how much debris that represents (laughs) part of it. I mean, I'll say a lot of it was left over from the previous owner, but one of the things we find is that if you don't want to be one of those farmsteads where there's like, you know, broken tractors in the front yard and just piles of stuff everywhere, you have to continually be like emptying and clearing and creating space. Uh, So we do that every single year and we'll take a weekend, um, or a week, two weekends, and we will fill that with all of the scraps from projects that we completed or the things that broke that aren't worth repairing or just like debris, stumps, and whatever has kind of accumulated over the previous year, and we just get it. We just get it off the property. Mm. And and I think for internally, we should plan on spring being the same thing. Yeah. Right, where you get rid of debris and stumps and all sorts of things, and and you don't become this spiritual hoarder where it just makes you obese and cluttered. So one practice that, uh, again, we've talked about before, uh, several weeks ago, is something called the prayer of examine, um, and that's spelled E-X-A-M-E-N. and, and so th- that's just and let, so let's just kind of close with this practice as as a way to encourage our, our listeners to engage in this. But um, it's really a prayer of, of personal inventory and, and reflection. And so um, 
you know, some of the questions that you might ask, it, it could be a daily thing, but especially during spring, I think it's a really good time to kind of clean out the closets uh, of, of your life. And, and this is where you're kind of looking at your day and your season and your life. And you're looking at everything from like, you know, your comings and goings, your routines and your disruptions, your work, your, your work life and your play life. And, and you're just kind of pulling things out, looking at it and going like, is this still bearing fruit? Is this still valuable? And if not, it goes in the dumpster mm-hmm. of your life, right? Um, and not only that, but even friendships and people. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't just continue to accumulate um, and keep the quality of friendship with, you know, a, a growing number of people, uh, you know, relationships. And, and there has to be an evaluation of even that. And so I, I think the prayer of examine, you know, I, I'll ask you, Nate, what you do, because uh, I know you do that regularly too. But, you know, for me, it, it's look, as you look back on your day, or maybe, uh, again, this is a season of your life, asking yourself, like, when have I been the most alive today? And, and when, I, when have I been the most present most and most fulfilled? And, and on the other side, where during the season have I been most stressed or distracted or, or even depleted? You know, when, when have been the times when God has felt close to me? And when have been the times that God has felt really far from me? And so it's just kind of looking at your life and, and doing a personal inventory. I do sometimes do it that, you know, in that structured of a, of a fashion. Sometimes if I don't necessarily feel the energy to go through uh, multiple parts of my day is that I'll kind of give myself a visual picture of like, like a, like a, 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 cl- a cloudy landscape or a clouded mountain range and just invite God to kind of bring above the surface things that he wants to bring to my attention. And it's, for me, that's, that's a little bit more of a, if I'm really tired and I just need to kind of sit and reflect. And, you know, like you said, usually that will be interactions with people or, you know, negative thought patterns or positive thought patterns that I've, that I've engaged in and either felt him or not felt him. But it can be both very sort of measured and specific, or it can be really just an opening of myself to God to, uh, to invite him to just bring something to mind. Right. And that's almost like the, the more mystical side of this practice where, and again, going back to the whole listening, right? Like you're not like doing this, you know, it's a different kind of sweaty, dirty work where you're just kind of slowing down and and watching, if you will, if if you want to use that same picture. And as God brings things up above the surface for you to actually notice, Uh, again, going back to that whole metaphor of noticing things and having a deeper attentiveness, and so, yeah, uh, again, uh, the prayer of examine, no matter how you practice it, I, I mean, I, I think it's to the same thing, which is like this portrait uh, of your heart it becomes revealed, uh, like a pattern emerges as you practice that. And, you know, you'll see kind of thought patterns, like you said, you'll see kind of passions or aversions or fears that you have that will just come up over and over again. And, and you'll see where your life uh, sinks and where your, where your heart you know, skips a beat and feels really excited. So it's a season to to plow and to plant and to clean. It's a good word. It's a good word. Uh, next episode, we're going to talk about summer. 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 I'm looking forward to that. Um, summer is a great season on the farm and uh, and in life. So thanks again for joining us. We hope you'll uh, join us again later.